He had a, a dental hammer, a small dental hammer that he was banging on the denture. And what happened? It broke in his hand. The denture broke in his hand. This is the plaintiff, Angela Brown. She says she went to the defendant for some denture and crown work. And the guy turned out to be a real hack. He could never get her teeth to fit right. He kept charging her over and over for impressions. And the final straw came when he took out a hammer and began pounding on her teeth to force them to fit. This guy's caused her all sorts of money and physical pain. And she's here suing him for the $5,000 she's owed. This is the defendant, Boris Nadapov. He says he treated the plaintiff and gave her a temporary denture while a permanent one was being created. When they came in, he couldn't reach the plaintiff and she went missing for over a year. In the year she was MIA, her teeth shifted and her denture wouldn't fit anymore. He's gone back and forth trying to help this woman for two years. She never paid him any money and now she has the nerve to try to sue him? Good luck. He's accused of causing a patient some pain. All parties, please raise your right hand. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. Be seated, come to order, please. Litigants have been affirmed here. Thank you, Douglas. Angela Brown, yes, you are suing Boris Natapov for $5,000 in pain and suffering and a refund on dental work that you say he didn't complete. Yes, Tell me right. what is going on. I was referred to this dentist um, in the summer of 2016. I went in his office for crown and dentures. I got the crowns, which I paid for. How much did you pay for the crowns? Seventeen fifty for the okay. two crowns. Okay. Now, the denture, I never gotten the denture. What happened is that he told me I needed seven fifty for the work to be started. I gave him the seven fifty. So you gave him seventeen fifty for the crown, That's and then another seven fifty to start the work. To begin the work for the partial dentures. Okay. I got the two crowns, but I never got the dentures. What happened? He went away in Europe and he came back. When he called me, he said, Angie, your denture is ready. I went back to the office. He fitted the partial denture, but it was too loose. I'm sorry, what date did you do the impressions for the partial denture? I took the impression in April. In, okay, in stop, June. April 2016. See if that's when you do the impression. She started to do the denture, uh, April 16. April of 2016? And April 16. 2016. Okay. Does that sound right? Because that's what you had originally said. Show okay. me your medical records. I'd like to see them. Absolutely. All right. So you go in on April 16th, and when's your next appointment? My next appointment was in July when he's Of what year? Of 2016, Judge. Okay. And, and according to you, you couldn't make it sooner because he was on vacation? He was away in Europe. We so when you came in in July, what happened? What happened, he had the dentures ready for me, but when he put them in, they were too tight. Okay. So he said he had to take it back to his lab to loosen them up. So I needed to give him a $950. Okay. Did that happen? No, absolutely not. All right. Not. Do you have proof of the $950 payment? 
I don't have any receipts, Judge, but I'll tell you what happened. Wait, the, no, I, do you have a check, a canceled check? I gave check? him the money cash, and he gave me a receipt. And you lost it? I lost, this is two years, Your Honor. Well, don't get mad at me. I'm just, you're coming to court to sue for money that you <laughs> yeah, can't I'm prove you paid? I'm not mad at you, Your Honor. No, but you see what I'm saying? You're coming to court to sue for money that you paid, but you have no proof you paid it, and he denies he received it. Okay. Why would you pay another $950 if it didn't work and you'd already paid for it? He told me in order for me to get the denture, Your Honor, I need, he need to pay his lab to adjust and readjust the denture, and that's the only way I'm going to get my denture. So I don't that know. That didn't sound suspicious to you? Your Honor, I'm in And the you're saying that didn't happen and you never collected another nine. Listen. And you don't have proof of paying that nine. Your Honor. All right, let's go to the next date after July. When was the next time you were there after July? I was there sometime in October of, of 2016. Yes. Okay. And what happens in October? <laughs> the, he bought the dentures back to me and it was too tight. Okay. And then and what I happened? And I gave him another, he said he had the same thing. He had to take it to his lab to adjust and readjust it. I gave him another 950. Do you have any proof of giving him that? Your Honor. You don't, just yes or no, do you have No, proof? I, don't, I don't have And you receipt. deny that she paid you okay. the 950. Okay. January, so when does she come in? In January, go ahead. In January, I went back now for the final fitting. I'm going to get the denture in now. This is, this is it. Okay. He said to me, oh, it's too loose. It doesn't fit. I got to take it back to the lab and have them readjust. Now, what happened on, in January? It didn't fit. Again, he asked for another 950. I refused. He had a, a dental hammer, a small dental hammer, that he was banging on the denture, and what happened? It broke in his hand. The denture broke in his hand. I said, that's it. Give me my money back. Now I'm asking him for my money back. He said to me, do you have receipts? I said to him, did you take 750, 950, and 950 from me on three different occasions? He said, do you have receipts? I said, look, look, by the way, who taught you dentistry? He said, my dad. And for your information, I'm waiting for a phone call from NYU to join their faculty team. I turned to him and I said, look, it's my knowledge and belief that NYU is an institution that trains students from all over the world to learn how to do impression, partial denture, and extracting. Now, if you took money from me, I'm in my right state of mind, you're a professional, you took money from me on three different occasions, and you're asking me if I have receipt, then you're not only Dr. Doolittle, but hey, you're a little bit shady right here. This is shade. So I'm saying to him now, look, is, are you going to give me my money back? Because now I'm treating you as a professional. While I was in his office, his wife, and I was, you know, I was bleeding from he's trying to take out the extraction. His wife was, you know, attending to me. I turned to her and I said, are you a dental hygienist? She said, oh, no, I'm not a dental hygienist. I don't need the certificate. I know what I'm doing. I said, your husband is a dentist. I'm a patient, and I should be treated as such. I said, do you believe you were right there when I gave this man my money, and he wrote me a receipt, and because of my everyday activities, I happens to lose the receipt. He said, well, what can I say? This is what. I said, you know what? Let's go to court. Let's take this to court. Come on up, please. Come on up. Yep. No, no, right here on the, to the, uh, to the microphone. Yes, sir. Yes. Thank you. 
Did he ask her, do yes. you have receipts over and over again? And no. one of their confrontations? No. Okay. Uh, did you ask her, do you have receipts in one of your in your last, I guess, your last confrontation with her or your last visit you're, with her? You're asking yeah, me. Yeah, I'm asking you. Yeah. It was never, ever was asking another uh, money. Like she said, 950, it's absolutely. Oh my God. No, did she, ever, did she ask for her money back? No. Mm. No. It, so because she was we, never I, in the I, office I asking insert, for the money. I insert the crowns. It was very difficult. Mm -hmm. But I did some special so things. So according to you, you, you inserted two crowns. Two That's crowns. what she paid for, and she never paid for any dentures. Absolutely. And the dentures, which makes sense because the dentures is what you were approved for with Medicaid. Are you suggesting he never put crowns in, or are you suggesting you should get your money back because you had to go to a different dentist to put two more crowns in on those same teeth. What well, is your Your Honor, lawsuit? I'm asking for my money back. For the dentures. Money that but, I've given to him. Right, but I'm needing you to understand what I'm saying. I've looked at all the dental records and I've looked at the Medicaid um, uh, answer to the claim on Medicaid. You did authorize a claim to Medicaid, right? They approved the dentures, which means Medicaid was gonna pay for dentures. And, um, but they denied the crown, which means you were gonna pay for the crown. So his version of events, that what money you did pay was for crowns, makes sense. Yes. At, because you wouldn't have paid money for something Medicaid was gonna cover. I have the Medicaid printout that he says, this is all I got from Medicaid. Do you have something else that you'd like to show me? Welcome back to the People's Court. Harvey Levin here. So her Medicare, Medicaid covered um, the entire cost of the dentures. Can she still get money for the dentures? No, she shouldn't. Because? She doesn't have, she, there's no loss. She didn't lose anything. She was reimbursed by the insurance company. Okay, let's say it's just private insurance. If you buy private insurance and you're paying the premium, do you have to, can you still go after the guy because you're the one that decided to pay the premium? I think so. I don't think so. I don't think it makes any sense. Why would you still get paid back for something you paid nothing for? You know what you are? You're just way too logical is what you are. <laughs> Going inside the courtroom. All I have with me right now was, is the extraction that I took out, that tooth, and I had to go to another dentist. Um, you have a case against him for pain and suffering as well. Yes. Um, I, I can tell you right now that on the refund and dental work, that's not going to happen because everything I've seen indicates to me that it's Medicaid who was covering the dentures. So if you didn't end up with workable dentures, really tell Medicaid they should collect their money back from him. But money that you paid was for the crowns, which Medicaid said they wouldn't cover. I see that from the only Medicaid evidence in front of me, which he has handed to me, and also from your dental records, which corroborate exactly what he said on that. You also, though, have a case for pain and suffering for $2,350 to bring you up to the $5,000 max. Tell me about what pain and suffering he caused you, because maybe you're entitled to that. Tell me about because, that. Because, Your Honor, after giving him my money on three different occasions, I didn't get the, my result, my denture. And there, Thanksgiving, New Year's, Christmas, I didn't have dinner with my family because of the embarrassment. I, I paid for this work, and I didn't get it. And here this man is standing in court saying he never gotten a dime from me. No, he doesn't say that. He says that he did get a certain $1,750 from you. Your Honor, 
Why would I stand in this man's office and ask him for my money on three different occasions and I'm not crazy? No, I need you to tell me about your pain and suffering. My what, pain and suffering was because that of the embarrassment that caused, the humiliation that I caused. Did you ever get the dentures? Never gotten the dentures. So if you didn't get the dentures, how are you living now? How are you appearing on national television now? Isn't this humiliating? It's the same teeth that you had where you could, apparently couldn't spend Thanksgiving with your family. Hey, but what I paid for it, I paid in okay. advance for right. it. Um, based on the evidence that has presented or not been presented in front of me, I find in favor of the dentist in this case because you can't even prove that you, that you paid that work. It's very clear to me from what I'm looking at that Medicaid was covering the dentures and that you got the crowns and that um, you cannot prove that you paid over $1,000 more than what the evidence shows you paid. You have no receipts. Your pain and suffering is based on something that even all these years later you haven't even taken care of because it's so painful and humiliating. Um, and no, I'm not going to order him to return any of the money. Verdict for the defendant. Uh, no, there's really nothing you need to say. You just won. Well, based on lack of proof or lack of evidence again, Ms. Brown, I'm sorry, but the judge did not find in your favor. You lost the case. Yeah. You understand. You know, you claim you made two $950 payments, but you had no proof of that. Yeah, yeah, I know. And he's full of a whole lot of BS like a constipated elephant because he know I gave him my money on three different occasions. But you know what? Karma is a bitch. Yeah, I do pay. How'd you pay him? Cash? Cash. And what? Why'd you do that? Why would I? I don't know. I just give him my money. He's an old man. He's a professional. I just think out of good ethics. Well, you know, that I really hurt you. I should have known when he told me his dad taught him dentistry. Maybe he need to apply at NYU as a student. <laughs> okay, the door is that way. Well, obviously she's a little upset. Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah. I just want her to do good thing, to feel nice and good. This is my old fashioned from my dad was yeah. a med, uh, yeah. dentist, but yeah. I graduated NYU this year, 25 years. Well, you had all the I'm records very, you needed, you know, sorry. I'm you, very sorry for you this prevailed. Case. So good for you. Congratulations. Thank all right. Thank you very I'm much. Very sorry. Thank you. Time. OK, very good. All right, Harvey. Again, yeah. evidence is what the defendant need, or plaintiff needed and uh, she just didn't have it. Okay, Doug, um, when you sue for pain and suffering, this is really important. People wonder, you know, how do you get pain and suffering? You keep a diary showing everything that happened to you, everything you're feeling, all of the pain, day by day by day. You have that diary, and then you present it to the judge. And that will do it for this case. Litigants, for the next case of the way into the courtroom, right now. This is the plaintiff, Morgan. She says she purchased a car from the defendant, gave him two-thirds of the money and took the car. Two weeks later, the car died. The defendant picked it up to take a look at it and said it was running fine. The defendant now refuses to return the car to her unless she pays off the balance. But that wasn't their deal, so she told him she wants her money back. The defendant refuses. He now has her car, her money, and they're at a standstill. She's suing for $1,530, the money she put down on the car. 
This is the defendant, William Crawford. He says this plaintiff is some piece of work. First, the car was in excellent condition, and it started right up when she says she got stuck. Second, she was busted for DWI two weeks before she purchased the car. And three, when he went to get it after she claimed she was stuck, there was dope in the glove box. He could have been busted. Bottom line, this woman's making all of this stuff up because she doesn't want to pay off the balance of the car, and he owes her zero. He's accused of unloading a lemon. All parties, please use your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff bought a car from the defendant, gave him most of the money immediately, uh, but the car died and he still won't make good on it. Now the defendant says she was driving with drugs. It's the case of the car deal that went to pot. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Okay, Morgan. Yes, ma'am. You are suing William Crawford for $1,530 that you want returned to you, that you put down on a car and he now has the car and the money. Tell Correct. me what happened. Okay, um, it was around February 13th when I first, um, I was looking for a vehicle. Um, I came across this ad on Craigslist. Um, it stated that it was a 2004 Saturn Ion, very low miles and they were willing to work with like um, prices and stuff like that. So I contacted his wife because I was obviously like very intrigued. So um, actually later that day, he came out to my house and showed me the car. That day I gave him a deposit of $1,200. How did you pay the $1,200? Um, in cash. Did you get a receipt? Um, I had a written agreement, but um, I had a copy. He as well had a copy, but when later on when he actually got the car back, it was in the car when he took it back. That's never a good idea. And never. <laughs> um, do, do you have the written agreement? Yes, you do, ma'am. May I have it? Sure. I'll take it. Thank you, sir. Sure. So it says the remaining 1100 by February 20th. Did you ever pay any more money than the $1,200? Um, I did. I paid um, $330 on February 25th. How did you pay that? Um, that was cash, and that was to his wife. And do you have a receipt for that? I don't have a receipt, but I do have text messages with the date and her saying that I gave her that money. Can I see that? Of course. So according to you, you've paid 1530 and then what happens? A couple But you got the car without having paid for it? Correct, yes. And you had the car in your possession since when? Total duration was February 13th until March 3rd. During that time, the title is in whose name? It was in Mr. Crawford's name. Correct? Uh, yes, Your Honor. And who was paying for insurance? I was, Your Honor. Why were you doing that? When I initially uh, showed the car to Morgan, uh, she told me that she didn't have plates and uh, uh, she told me that her father had worked for Geico Insurance and um, she said that she needed a couple days to put the car in her policy and uh, I agreed to let her use the plates for a couple Why? days. If she has a car accident, you are responsible. I, I know that, Your Honor. Okay, yeah. you do, because you're an ex-cop, yeah. right? I, yeah, I was, you're like uh, with it. You're you're <laughs> you're wrong. on this. Why would you let a complete stranger have a car in your name that she hasn't finished paying for? She seemed um, trusting at the time. How'd that work out? Uh, didn't work out very good at all. I, I don't know why you would do that. that. That was a terrible idea. So so she has the car, and then do you acknowledge getting a three hundred and thirty dollar payment on February twenty fifth? Your Honor, um, no, I don't. Did she, your wife get the three thirty? No, she told me no, and I asked her. Should, did, Are you is, with your wife? Oh yeah. Yes. Like in other words, you're okay. <laughs> Yeah. Because you say you have text to prove that mm -hmm. she got the 330. Exactly. If these are legitimate, then mm -hmm. they seem to indicate that your wife got the 330. I have to see it. <laughs> and you went and you just changed your lawsuit today to say the 330 never happened. But before that, you had acknowledged. Because I so had what a, changed? I had no idea that they had that much interaction. All through the texting, there was all there was like different figures everywhere. I said, "What are the figures?" I said, "Did she give you any money?" 
you know, I, I saw like time and time again where there was a, a promise to give her money or, or we'll meet or I'll pay you this or yeah, I but can't pay this. Who knows if she took $330 from her? This isn't something a person forgets. I, she said she didn't. And I said, I said, did well, she, you? Read the, and I said, read is there a receipt? And she said, no. Yeah, but except for that, just because there's not a receipt doesn't mean it wasn't paid. I looked to see all the circumstances to see if maybe it got paid. I think it's really stupid to let cash leave one hand without a receipt going into the other because then you can't prove you gave the cash. So that's really foolish, but it doesn't mean the cash wasn't given. So then what happens on the last day you had possession of the car? Um, It was March 3rd. Uh-huh. And um, I work at a restaurant, so I get out pretty late. And I just wanted to get some food after working. So there's a Friday's like right across the way from where I work. So I went there to get a bite to eat. Um, my sister was actually with me. And we were there for maybe 25 minutes, half hour, got a quick bite, and we tried to leave. And when I went to go start the car, the car wouldn't start. This was on February what? This was on March 3rd. March 3rd. But see, March 3rd is way past the time that you're supposed to have completed your payments. Right, right. What reason do you have for not have completing your payment? Because on February 22nd, like right like about a week after I got the car, I actually went in, um, got it looked at by my mechanic. And he's told me that there was about $1,200. That's why you don't release a car that you're selling as is before the person pays. Because they're going to find a reason not to pay. Your Honor, the car was in excellent condition. Do you hear me, though? There was no mechanical problem. But you're not hearing me. It's a 2004. The person hasn't finished paying. They're going to find a reason not to pay. You understand? Your Honor, Morgan is serving more Whoppers than Burger King. Okay? These are all Whoppers. There was nothing wrong with that car. Do that you have a receipt from the mechanic who says there's twelve hundred dollars? I did, and it was in the car when he took it back. Oh, that's unfortunate for <laughs> it you, is. isn't it? And then what happens? And Your then, car doesn't start, so you call right. the wife, exactly. right? Yes. And you say to her what? That the the car broke down and it was stuck at Fridays, and like I didn't know. Well, did you ever say to her or to anybody else in that meantime? Hey, I just took it to a mechanic who says there's twelve hundred dollars. I of work. I brought that to the attention of Mr. Crawford, and I gave him. When that's had my, you brought that to his attention? Um, I believe it was about the twenty fourth. I would say February of, what? 20, of, of February. Okay, and did you text it, email it? What'd you do? Uh, no, I he actually came to my house, pounding on my door, looking for me. So that's when I brought it to his attention. I said, hey, now I have these repairs to take care of, and I have to somehow make, I, I don't make that much money, so I had the repairs to then, take care then of. Then save money and don't buy a car yet. Exactly. All right? Speaking of that, you have now uh, discovered, apparently, you did a little police work mm-hmm. after the fact, right? And you have discovered that she has a little problem with her license? It was plain sight. Um, she had a suspended license from a DWI. Did you get a suspended license from a DWI? If I can explain this to you. Yeah, um, just answer my question. Um, not at the, I did, but I had a, a conditional license to drive to and from work at the time. Yeah, and well, I have to and fr- Fridays isn't to and from work, is it? So you had no permission to drive a car registered to you at the time that you were driving it, did you? I guess not. I, no, I, I guess not. No, I get, whether you're drinking at Fridays or eating at Fridays makes no difference. And when you say it was in plain sight... What happens is she calls your wife, and then does your wife go over there to try to start the car? So my wife was working the overnight. She called me in the morning. She said the car didn't start. She asked Morgan to leave the keys in her mailbox. Uh, She went and she picked up the keys from the mailbox. She went over to where the car was. It was in front of a a bar uh, near a mall where she worked. Went in, turned the key, car started right up. I went and uh, I picked the car up from the bar restaurant that it was at. So I bring it down to my mechanic. Um, I said... I need you to go through this car. The girl that's buying it, she keeps on bringing up these mechanical complaints. I said, I don't think they're valid, but could you go through the entire car? If you find any problems, fix them. And then, you know, just call me back when you're done. 
he called me a short time later and he said, he found legal, legal papers in the car and he said, I got some bad news for you. I said, what? He said, Morgan doesn't have a driver's license. I said, oh, I said, why not? He said that he found papers in the car, legal papers saying that her license was suspended on February 16th. He goes, I also found something in the glove box. I said, what did you find in the glove box? He said, I found a, a, a baggie full of dope. Oh, I said, what oh. heavens. So what's the problem with this dude, an ex-cop, by the way, um, keeping title in his name when he gives her the car? First of all, she didn't pay. She didn't pay the whole thing, for sure. So you know she's not supposed to do that. And he know he can get in trouble because he's an ex-cop. You can't do that. You had to give him the full title with her name on it. They both wrong. Okay, uh, I'll buy that. What do you say? What's the problem with this cop giving her the car and keeping the title in his name? Well, he's still fully liable for the car. Bingo! Going inside the courtroom. I went down there to meet him, and uh, the, the car was absolutely was in disgusting condition. It was the car was like loaded with mud, cigarette butts, blunts, pot. It was just a disaster. I don't understand why you didn't just return the car from I, the beginning. I was in, just keeping I was it in until desperate someone need took for, it from you. I was in desperate need for a car at the time, and they were seemed like very nice people. They were willing. How to How much nice? Would you have been this nice? Right. You're supposed to finish paying for it February 20th. What ends up happening is you keep the car and. Buy by the way, was there anything wrong with the car? Um, the, the windshield wipers had to be uh, fixed. Um, were the tires bald? No, the, the, the tire, they were brand new. Were the tires new. original? Were, no, they were, the, the tires were probably about half gone right. through. And again, do you have any proof of what you say a mechanic told you was gonna be the problem? Not from my mechanic in itself, but because well, he. It well, was, who it, else would it come from? It, it was in the car. It, it was a really bad choice of mine to okay. leave everything in the car. Okay. But Did he, was there any such thing in the car? No, Your Honor. Okay. Because it sounds are, like he went over it pretty thoroughly, including finding your pot. You had pot in the car? Not, not that I knew of. No. Not that you knew. Of. Not that I knew of. No. Not that you knew of. No. Just all over blunts, all over. You know, not that, but not that you know of. Now you end up reselling the car to some lucky person. How much did you get for it? Uh, Twenty-one hundred. Okay. So you sold it for $2,100, and the price with her had been, what, $2,300? It was supposed to be $2,350, but the receipt that she gave me was for $2,300, so... Okay. So then that would mean that a car that, if everything had gone right, you were supposed to get $2,300 for, that you ended up getting instead $2,100 plus, I find it to be $1,530, but even if it was, you'd still, you'd end up way ahead of the game by having $3,000-something dollars. In the law, what we try to do is put people in the position that they were in before the breach. It's not supposed to be a bonanza. It's supposed to be the position you were in before the breach. Now, you feel like any surplus, I think that what you're telling me is, Judge, if there's any surplus to me, that's for my trouble that this woman was driving around my car with pot in it and this and that. And, you know, she paid a deposit and didn't finish paying for it. And so she doesn't get her deposit back. That's your position. Exactly, Your Honor. And your position is, I ain't got no car, I ain't got no money, I want one of them. No. It was just, it was like a long, basically like a long- It's your fault, all of it's your fault. So don't whine, because it is all your fault. You wanted something you couldn't afford, you were an idiot, you're the one who set the stage to hand 21 year old girl that is not your child, that you didn't raise, who you don't know, a car in your name, you're nuts. Here's a person trying to help you, and trying to give you a chance to have something. And instead of making good on your promise, you had to mess it up. I don't know if I want to do what we said I was going to do. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I got money for blunts. I got money for Fridays. But I don't have any money to go. Everybody help me. It's all your fault. You set everything in motion.
Do you remember how much you spent in the mechanic, or you honestly don't even remember? Uh, the the tires were approximately with the, you know, the purchase and then the mounting and the balance, and they're probably about $140. And then uh, I paid my mechanic. Uh, I gave him a little extra. It was a Sunday. I think I gave him about $160. All right. I think you should give her part of the money back. I think you're entitled to part of the money. Certainly you're entitled to every penny of the money that, that you need to make you whole. The thing is that you did what's called in the law, mitigating your damages, which you have an obligation to do. And when you sell the car for $2,100, your deficit is $200. Now, uh, if I believe she gave $1,530, which I do, then that would mean that you owe her $1,330. But you don't owe her $1,330. Because I believe you when you say that you put in 140 and then another 160. That leaves me with 1,030. But then there's this unquantifiable problem that I have here where it's hard for me to put my finger on it. But, um, geez, how, why should she get every penny of that back when she's running around putting you at risk with your insurance, doesn't do what she's supposed to do. There's a breach involved in her not finishing paying and transferring it into her name. She continued to have you exposed on that insurance for the additional time from February 20th, which was the agreement, until March 4th. So I'm going to chisel a little away from that 1,030 figure because I think that's highly inappropriate on your part. All right. And I am going to, you have no car, the car belongs to you without any claim or encumbrance, and I am going to order you to return $730, which would, I think, more than compensate you for the debacle that you've been through. Um, so my verdict is for the plaintiff, not in the amount that she's asking for, but in the amount of $730. That's my judgment. Well, this was kind of a tough day in court for both parties in this case. Mr. Crawford, the defendant, former police officer. Yes. <laughs> what are you thinking of what you just went through? Um, it, it was it was rough. Yeah. And I, I think we settled. I, I think her verdict was fair. Yeah, well, the judge said you did a lot of stupid things here. You know that. Uh, same thing I, with my wife. You see your daughter and yeah. every young girl. All right. Well, I think you've learned something. Oh, yes, I did. Well, good luck to thank you. Thank you, sir. All right, thank you okay. very much. Bye-bye. You got to give her $730 back. Here comes Morgan. The judge lets you have it too, Morgan. What do you think? I guess so. Um, Your fault, the whole thing. I, I, I guess that's what she says. I don't think this was really, I think he fabricated a lot of things. I didn't think I had the right proof to show that otherwise because a lot of it was in the yeah, car. But you, so. didn't, you didn't do a lot of what I, you were supposed I, to I do. I guess not. So. You know, it's got pot in the car and everything. Not, not looking good for you. <laughs> But you get $730 back. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Now what happens? Now I'm just not looking to buy a car on Craigslist ever again or deal with anything like this again. Ever again, huh? <laughs> ever again. <laughs> okay. Thank, Thank you, you very much. <laughs> She's going to be walking for a long time, Harvey. What do you think? Okay. I mean, there are certain things, very few things in life that are absolutely positively always true. This one is positively always true. When you sell a car, you immediately, immediately make sure the title transfers over to the other person. If you keep it even for a day after you give it back, that title is in your name and you are fully responsible, as she said, fully responsible for any accident that she gets in. And that will do it for this case. Litigants for the next case on the way into the courtroom right now.
This is the plaintiff, Brian Morehouse. He says he and the defendant worked together in a bar and ended up living together, and the defendant stiffed him on his portion of the rent. That guy is living like an ostrich now with his head in the sand, thinking he's going to go away, but he wants his money and is suing for the $1,457.99 he's owed. This is the defendant, Andrew. He says the plaintiff got a girlfriend and moved out on him so he could live with her. And he was left with all the responsibility for the apartment. Then a few months later, he and the girl split up and he moved back in. All he knows is he paid his portion of the rent the whole time. And he doesn't owe the plaintiff anything on this apartment because he's the leaseholder and he's responsible. He's accused of not paying up. All parties, please use your right hand. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff says the defendant stiffed him on rent, but the defendant says the plaintiff got a girlfriend and bailed. It's the case of you broke the bro code, bro. Thank you, Douglas. You're Brian Morehouse? Yes. You're suing Andrew. You've asked us not to mention your last name for $1,457.99 that he owes you from when you lived together. Okay. How did you two know each other? We both worked at a bar, 4th Street Bar and Grill. I'd worked there a while, he got hired on, and uh, so we'd known each other maybe five months before he moved in. Okay, and then you decide to rent a place together? Are you both on the lease? Uh, so I'd been living there for okay. a year already, and I had had a roommate that had moved out that spring, and so I had all the bills at that time and was looking so for someone to So you invited him out. on to replace that roommate? Yeah. Now, is his name actually on the lease? Yes. The landlord insisted I actually on um, never got a lease from the landlord the first year. Okay. She was supposed to make one, never got around to it, so I was month to month the whole time. And okay. then when I was bringing someone else in, she wanted to make leases, so okay. we got a lease. So is your name on the lease? Yes. Oh, okay. All right, so then the agreement is that he's going to pay how much? The agreement is he'll pay $375 a month in rent. And how much is the rent for the place to the Eight fifteen. Okay, and you were paying more, Why? Oh, well, I had the larger bedroom. Did and he have a bedroom? Yes, he had a bedroom. And were you guys friendly? Yeah. I mean, right. we got So when along. did things start going wrong? Um, so he moves in in September, and nothing really goes wrong until March, really. Okay. End of February, and March. And what goes wrong then? So beginning of February, I had this friend who moved up here from New Orleans that I was interested in her, and we were trying to kind of start a relationship or something. And so I went out and rented another place that I moved in with her at. Were you on that lease? Yes. Okay, so, but were you still paying your obligation on this lease? Absolutely. Okay. Do you so, dispute that? No. Oh, he was paying his rent on, on that place. Oh, bonus for you. You get the whole place to yourself. All right, so you uh, move in with her when? February the 8th. And... So we're there and everything's good. And then I go in for a shift at the bar at the end of February. And I find out from the boss there that he's been fired. Why was he fired? Apparently when he came in for an open shift, he picked up someone's tip out that got left out. Oh, so he's a thief. He has a story behind it where it was supposedly an accident, but it never got turned in. So yeah, he was fired for stealing. Okay. And then what happened? So I talked to him about it because I know rent's going to be coming soon. And, 
And what did he tell you? He tells me that he's going to have some of it when it's due. So did he pay March rent? Yes or no? He did not fully pay it. What did he pay? He paid me $200 of the $375. Okay. And then after that, I haven't received a cent from him. Not a cent. All right. He ends up leaving. But when does he leave? He actually, well, this Monday, he shows up to collect other property. He collects his property and he hands me the key. Okay, so is all his stuff finally out of there? Yeah, as far as I know. Okay, all right, your lease goes on until when? Till the end of June. So you're suing for the rest of March, April, May, and June, because you're obligated to pay that to that lender. By the way, it didn't work out with the other person? No, not really working out. Okay, so did you <laughs> so move back into nother... this place? I am back at the place for okay. now. I have a whole nother situation going on with that. All right. And then uh, also he's supposed to be paying half of the gas bills. Is that correct? Half the gas and half Is the that, electric. Was that the arrangement you had? No. What What are you supposed to pay with gas? <clears throat> well, yeah, it was half. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then half of the electric bill? Yeah. All right. So what happened here? Um, What's your defense? So how many months do you let a roommate slide on rent before you say you're out of here? Maybe one, no more. Even Just one? Family. Yeah, if they're family, maybe you make an exception. That's it. One? One, unless the agreement says something else. Wow, okay. Uh, that's tough, going inside the courtroom. When he moved out two, three weeks prior, he had her move in and... Her move in where? To your place? Yes with her two kids, two dogs. One of her friends that was from New Orleans that was hitchhiking from Ohio to Pennsylvania. Moved into your place? Yes. Is that accurate? Well, so I didn't know exactly when she'd be arriving. She arrived three days before my lease began somewhere else. So we stayed so there for a couple of Everybody nights. stayed there for a month? No, for three days. Three days. Three days. Three days? Three days. According to you, it's how long? A couple weeks. Okay. So then they move out to the other place, and what, what happens? You have the whole place to yourself? Yeah. And you don't pay rent? I paid part of it. How come? Because I honestly didn't even want to stay myself. Well, I know we don't, but you did stay, and you lived there, so why didn't you pay your rent? Uh, in your answer to the complaint, you state that uh, you shouldn't have to pay rent because you, he always told you not to worry about the rent, that even though you were signing on to the lease, that you wouldn't be obligated. Correct. All right. When did he tell you that? When I first moved in. And well, what did he say? Because in. you're you have connected brain cells, so you know that when you're <laughs> signing your name on the lease, you're obligating yourself to pay. So, so he told me if I would sign the lease that I didn't have to worry about it if I moved out. You could just sign it and not worry about anything you signed. Did you ever tell him that he could sign something and not worry about anything he signed? No, I mean. Because you're full of dumb decisions the, too. That's you know. When, yeah, no, I mean the 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 only thing I told him was you know that. My agreement with him of three seventy-five a month was fine, as opposed to what would be half the lease of right. more like four oh seven, four oh eight. Yeah, that that sounds probably more accurate, yeah. doesn't it? Okay, uh, Mr. Andrews. So, what else did you state was a reason that you shouldn't have to pay? Because he moved out, so why can't you? Yeah. Except for he moved out and kept paying, right? And that's all he's asking you to do. You want to move out, move out, but keep paying. Okay. I can't hear you. Okay. What? <clears throat> All right. How old are you? 25. Um, I don't think you're ready to be an adult. 
But adulthood has been foisted upon you and your tender brain. And I think you need to think through the relationships that you build and destroy because in a minute I'm going to go over there and check for a pulse. Uh, I don't quite get how uh, you make commitments to people to pay rent and don't. It's just amazing to me. How long do you think it's going to take before you turn everyone away? Verdict for the plaintiff, $1,457.99. So I want to talk about this, about letting a roommate slide on rent. Um, if somebody says to you, look, I can't pay this month, and they give you a good excuse, it's okay to say, well, let it slide to next month. If it goes more than one month, you make sure you document this in email form and also make the person agree that if they continue to be defaulting on rent, that they will move immediately. Don't text and drive. The People's Court is a Ralph Edwards Stubillet production.